Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 34, From Addiction and Depression to Inner Peace with Jason Shears. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changeable. In today's episode, I talk with Jason Shears, and Jason shares a pretty incredible transformation. So at the age of nine, Jason was put on drugs, antidepressants. In his teens and early 20s, he had drug issues. He was in and out of jail. He was homeless for a short period of time. Now, Jason quit drugs with the help of a 12-step program, and he had been clean um, for about 25 years. So the last couple decades plus, Jason has not been in all of these, you know, homeless drug kind of situations. But as you'll hear in his story, there was something missing. So he had gotten off of drugs. His life was better in so many ways. Yet the inner peace that he was looking for wasn't there yet. There was something really big missing for Jason. And he struggled with depression. He struggled with um, other habits, swapping drugs for things like food and other things. And just in the past year and a half, Jason came across the understanding that we talk about here on Changeable. And as it turns out, as it has been for many, many people, that was really the game changer. This understanding looks to Jason now like that missing thing, that missing link that wasn't there, even though he was clean and sober and had a job and was a normal, responsible citizen. There was so much missing until he came across us. I love the story. I love Jason's transformation. I love talking with him. And I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Hi, Jason. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Hey, Amy. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Good. Me too. Me too. I love, um, so I've heard a little bit about your story of what you've, what you've been through, how the change that you've seen in your life um, through this understanding that we talk about here on Changeable. Um, so maybe just start off by telling us a little bit about your early, your early days of like how things were for you before you came across this new paradigm. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I don't know if it's my first thought, but I, I, I remember it as my first thought, you know, was that was a day when um, I was about five and the police turned up at the door and I still have this vision of our door where we lived, you know, where I can see the door opening and there's these uh, police man and police woman stood at the door and my dad had been killed in an accident. And um, they was like, I answered the door and they said, oh, can we, can we come in, you know? And it was like, and, and next thing I remember was my mum lay on the floor, punching and kicking the floor, screaming, you know, and, and we were took away to the neighbor's house, you know? And it was, it was, um, my, dad had, my dad had had an accident in his vehicle and sort of, and, and didn't make, make it through that, you know, and passed away at that time. And, and I just... You know, I didn't really, I, I couldn't make any sense of that. You know, I was a small child, you know. And um, and I always remember my mum telling me that you never showed any emotion about that. You know, it was kind of like, that was when, that was when food became, you know, a thing, you know, in my life. It was like food was my comfort, food was my friend, you know. And I, and I would say that's where my 
spiral of addiction started, you know, just being constantly, I remember um, being excited when I was going to be left in the house alone so I could, knew I could steal food. You know, I remember like looking in cupboards when no one was looking so I could see what I was going to eat, you know, when I could get away with it. And I always remember the who's eating this, you know, like stuff that came from my mum, you know. So that was like a big thing for me. And, um, you know, it just spiraled sort of downhill from there, really. Um, uh, it's funny because in recent years, I, you can get your, in the UK, you can get your medical records, like from back to when you was a child. And I got my medical records. And at about nine years old, I was sent to psychiatric services um, because there was, I was a problem child. You know, there was things wrong with me that needed sorting out. And, and I read these reports, you know, a few years back about, um, how I was slow, um, I, I was mentally retarded, um, how I, there was no mention of grief, you know, it's kind of like by a psychiatrist, there was no mention of it whatsoever, it was just kind of like that uh, he showed little emotion, uh, he, he showed us slow, and they put me on antidepressants, they even had the dosage and the type of antidepressants that they put me on at nine years old. Um, they, they didn't have a clue. You know, when I look back at it, I just think, wow, you know, is that where children were sent, you know, at that time? Yeah. And, um, you know, things just continued to spiral, really. I was very alienated, you know, always in trouble. There was always problems. Um, and, and I'd say, like, the one, over, the one massive overriding thing that I remember is, like, you know, in, in addiction recovery, so this is what I would call the committee in my head, you know, the, the over, what I would say now is overthinking, you know, just kind of like, just so, so noisy, you know, so difficult thinking that my thoughts were real and thinking that they were, they were my reality and just living in that constant, you know, like suffering, you know, on a daily basis. And, um, you know, moving on years of, trouble as a teenager getting into trouble and stuff like that but then getting into drugs you know uh, at the age of about 13 you know and, and heroin was the first drug that I took you know whether it was in the wrong place at the wrong time or the right place at the right time I couldn't say but all, all I remember is the experience of getting quiet you know getting a quiet mind just feeling you know a, a, a respite from years of, of the overthinking you know just a um, a calmness, a, a peace, you know, that I just never experienced since I started thinking, whatever that was, you know. Yeah. Did um, you realize, um, like, at, like, as you were going through all that and first eating before you got into drugs and having all these things, I mean, did you, did you kind of know um, that something was off? Like, I don't know if that makes, that's even makes sense because you were young. I mean, and people were telling you, you had all these problems, but did you, did you have a sense, do you think at that time that, wow, I don't feel well and this isn't how humans are meant to feel or did it just look like, no, this is just me and life and how it goes? Yeah, it was just like that. Like there was no sense of like that there was any better sort of reality. You know, it was just kind of, painful being me you know and I was overweight I was really overweight because of the food stuff you know at that time and, and that added to my thoughts of alienation from society from meeting girls as a young teenager from fitting in from 
being ridiculed and bullied and stuff like that. So it was just kind of like this. This was it, you know. This the tunnel vision of the reality that I had. There was because and all the services that I'd been sent to, they had no clue of this understanding. You know, they were just like right. they want to they want to delve in the quicksand with you, you know, and help and help you with it. So when you when you took the heroin and even before that when you ate and stuff, it did it look like wow this like you said there was a quiet for once. You know, yeah. I mean, and I know sometimes it can kind of just look like, oh, well, this is what gives me the quiet. Is that how it looked to you or did you? Um, yes. Yeah, it was like um, the food was a comfort, you know, the constantly having something in my mouth, something to do, you know, um, like going out. I mean, the, the same thing, you know, the whole process of having the money to know that I was going out to get something that was going to like make me feel better supposedly you know like in in how it looked to me and and the same with drugs you know it was kind of like as soon as I knew I was going to get some you know it was kind of like I was okay again then I didn't even need the drugs inside me you know it's like I didn't have to have took them it just that's with the idea that I knew it was going to happen you know yeah yeah so how um how did things get kind of like what what was your bottom um it was just multiple times in jail really you know like it was like a complete alienation from society, my family, uh, living in a homeless hostel, you know, where, where drugs and alcohol were banned. You know, no one could li- no one who was there was allowed to be drug or alcohol dependent. It was quite funny because everyone was drug and alcohol dependent and they just hid it. Probably they didn't hide it so well, but I, I don't know how that worked. But yeah, that was kind of like the end of the road at like um, 23. I just got out of jail um, for like... I don't know, the 10th the time, you know, and, and multiple times in jail, the different things. And um, I knew that in my last jail sentence, I'd written a letter to my brother just saying that um, I don't want to use drugs anymore, but I can't stop, you know. And it was like, and he never, ever said anything up to this day, never said anything about it, you know. He just didn't even acknowledge it. I think because he didn't know what to do, you know. And, and um so I knew at that point I'd already kind of reached out for some help, knew that things were pretty bad, but like, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't have a clue, you know? Yeah. So you were in um, 12 step programs and you were in all kinds of therapy at, at one point. And did that help or like, how, how did that help? I guess. Well, 12 step, you know, like initially gave me, something to belong to, you know, because I had a desperate desire just to belong, to fit in, you know, and I felt like somehow, regardless of the size that I was, because I was over 350 pounds at the time, regardless of the size I was, regardless of my background and who I was, where I came from, you know, it was like I was okay. You know, I was some way accepted and it's like none of this stuff mattered. I didn't have to be one of the lads. I didn't have to have street cred and, you know, and be cool and stuff. It was just, I was just okay. So in some ways it was something to belong to where people weren't using drugs and it, and it certainly kept me abstinent, you know, it kept me, um, you know, uh, although it gave me a new label as an addict and a new sort of identity, you know, it was kind of something that I thought was great because it was something different to what I was. I wasn't going to jail anymore. I was starting to get people in my life and things like that. But what I'd never talked about in 12 Step was like how I felt, how I really felt, how underneath it, you know, how I was still compulsively eating and I was going to meetings and saying, hey, I'm clean, you know, I'm not using drugs. But how I was desperately like 
searching obsessively for relationships and trying to make money and being obsessed with changing my body and stuff, you know, that my addiction had just manifested itself in so many other areas. And, and if I ever did tell anyone, they'll say, oh, well, that's okay. If you're not using drugs, it's okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so huge and so important, you know, to see that you were, you were drug-free, which is amazing, but that doesn't mean you're free, free, <laughs> like you weren't mentally free, emotionally free in, in many yeah. ways, you know? And I think that's something that is changing, that we're becoming more and more aware that, wow, there's a bigger freedom beyond just what we're doing. It's not freedom from a specific behavior. I mean, that's great, but there's so much more to it than that. So how did you start to see that? Like, how did you kind of go that next level and see, wow, there's a whole nother level of actual freedom beneath just what I'm doing that could kind of take care of a lot of this? Um, I think there was a lot of years spent in that struggle, you know, like going from addictive relationships and addictive being the gym and things like that, that like, I just always thought, you know, there was, um, there's gotta be something more than this, you know? And I, and I, and I think that, um, about 10 years before I found the principles, you know, it was like, um, a, a lady that I worked with, funny enough, she was in the States, you know, and I don't know how I found her on some sort of online chat room or something really randomly, you know, talk about like the wisdom, talk about the wisdom showing up, you know, like connect, making me reach out to somebody that I thought. And then, and I was telling her about my life and I was so resentful, you know, and I was so bitter at everyone. And I thought my problems were about everyone else. And it was like, and she, she gave me this piece of paper to write down and it said, um, I still remember it. it was a yellow post-it note and it was in my pocket for such a long time and it was so crumpled, but it was like, I still used to keep it in there. And uh, it said, if I resent anyone or anything, I am wrong. And, and I remember her telling me about how I create the resentments to people and how it's not about everyone else. And it was like, you know, I got it in that moment, you know, I kind of got that this, this was true. And it was a, it was a certain sense of relief, you know, and it was like, I, I talked about that for years to people, you know, and it's like, sometimes it, it helped. And other times it, I was caught up in it for it for a long time before I realized it, you know? Yeah. But I love that, you know, so even then, I mean, you, you didn't really know what, <laughs> you didn't know where experience came from or what was true of you or anything, you know, as most of us don't. But that little bit resonated and that just kind of points to, oh, wait a minute, this is being created. All this resentment is coming from within me. And I love how, you know, I think for everybody listening, if we can just kind of look back in our lives, there's so many times along the way when we have heard something that just makes sense or just just brings that sense of relief or freedom. And we don't know why. It doesn't make sense that it makes sense, but it just you know, it's something that just sticks with you that's, that points to the truth. Yeah. And one more thing to add to that little story was that I remember, share, I mean, um, you know, the, the, the vision from, um, from the 12 steps is that, like, we share our emotions as a way of getting them out, you know, and letting off steam. And, uh, and, and that gives us a bit of respite from them. But I remember in one moment of sharing my resentments with someone and um, having that realization that it's not everyone else, it's me. And it's like, I felt really like free from that for a moment. You know, it didn't never stopped it from occurring, but it's kind of like, I, I, I realized that it wasn't everyone else, that it was me, you know, that, I, that, that everything was within me. And that person said to me, well, thank God, thank God it's you, you know, and not everyone else. Because if it was everyone else, you know, you'd be really struggling for the rest of your life. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. That's so awesome to see. Um, and it's and it's funny because that's the thing we don't want. It, it on one level, it feels better to just blame and resent, but not because it really feels better. It's just that's just the way it looks, you know. And we don't want we don't want to have responsibility. But yeah, to see the freedom and thank goodness it is us and it's not yeah. them. It's a lot easier to see things differently within us. Yeah, absolutely. So so how did you? Um, How'd you kind of go from like like you were depressed this whole time too, right? And you were you were not using drugs, but you still weren't really free. Like, how did you kind of take that next leap? Yeah, I, I was. I knew that like I was never happy, and I was always on this eternal searching sort of path, you know. And um, I think the first thing, you know, I guess the first thing was I'd had ther- I had counseling and I'd had therapy, and it was like. Like one day, one of my friends said to me, hey, do you want to sign up for this counseling course? So I did this um, counseling course first in person centered therapy. And I was like, I did it, you know, unqualified. And I thought, shit, it's not for me. You know, it's kind of like, it's not something that I want to do. But I I always have this thing of like this terminal uniqueness of wanting to do the most difficult thing, you know, to get the most recognition. So I looked for like what was the most difficult therapy to learn which had happened to be from what I could find was transactional analysis you know that there was a big theoretical part of it and a framework and the course was really in depth and experiential you know I thought that's the one you know that's the one for me so I, I jumped on this psychotherapy course and spent four years um uh, another four years after the first year you know training in in you know on this course a face-to-face course you know where we basically you know, the change is similar to the principles in that you can only teach what you've seen, you know, and it was kind of like the, the thing behind that was you can only like be present for someone when you can show up for yourself. And, and their way of, you know, doing that was like you dig into your own shit. You know, you spend years like every week, you know, week in, week out, you know, getting present to all your childhood, to your past, to your, um, you know, what causes your addiction as they see it, you know, and, um, you know, I was at that point, my depression was so, so dark. You know, my, my daughter was about three years old and, and um, it's difficult for me to even speak it, you know, because I remember how painful it was. But like, I remember I used to go in and she had this bed that was really high up, like a cabin bed, you know, it was about my head high. And I'd go in and I, if she had the covers half off her or something, I'd watch to see if I could see her chest going up and down you know, first. And if I, sometimes I couldn't see it, you know, and it's kind of like, I'd reach over and I'd like, I'd have to lean away and put my hand into a bed just because like in my mind, she was going to be cold, you know? And it was like, cause she was the only real, <clears throat> I think cause I projected my own childhood onto her, you know, thinking that she was having my experience of abandonment mm-hmm. that like, I just thought, God, you know, it was kind of like, that was what stopped the suicide, you know, it was just that I couldn't leave her because I thought I wouldn't want that child to live like how I'd lived, you know, I had the experiences that I had. And um, I had her 50% of the time then, and that happened every single day. You know, every day that I woke up and I had to wake her up, I went in and I looked in the room and see she was there, and then I'd watch her, see if she could see her moving or something like that, and it was like, as soon as I put my hand on it, I could feel warmth. You know, it was like just a sense of relief, you know, every single day while I was doing that training, it got really bad, you know. And you said, you know, it just, uh, there's so much looking at the past and your yeah. layers and all the stuff you were supposed to be kind of digging into. 
And yeah. it, you know, it's, it's tough because that still in many ways is the norm. It is the best that many people can see to do. And, there, and sometimes there's some value in some of that. But, but, you know, to really see, wow, when you dug into that, in your case anyway, I mean, it just felt like it took you deeper and deeper into it. So what, what finally gave you the insight or courage or whatever it was to kind of see, okay, maybe I don't have to keep going in this direction? Um. I mean, I, I was still not happy. You know, I was a certified psychotherapist. It's like I was seeing clients. I was working with people in addictions. It's like kind of like um, I was still wasn't happy. You know, it's kind of like and my own, you know, how could somebody who wasn't happy help other people be happy? You know, it's like I was showing up and I was really able to be present because I'd done that work. I could sit with people in pain, but like my, the experience I was having of my own life was miserable, yeah. you know. So I stayed on that uh, personal development route and I kind of, first of all, went on lots of different retreats and meditations. I did the Hoffman process and I ended up at Tony Robbins. Uh, and, and the first time I went to Tony Robbins, uh, the second time, so I went to two events and I just thought, this is absolute nonsense. You know, it's kind of like what they're trying to teach you about how the mind works is just ridiculous. And uh, I just stood there thinking, it's you know, it's just, just not right. You know, I really had like this guy, and and, and um, I remember I'd seen uh, Michael Neal, um, the Path of Effortless Change on Hay House, just after I went to the first Tony Robbins event, and something really stuck with me from watching that video course online, and um, it just kept, it was just stuck in the back of my mind, and um, I was going to LA anyway for a different coaching intensive in in. Um, and I, and I was looking at Michael Neal's website and I saw that he had a, an intensive on at the same time. And um, I was really drawn to it. You know, I thought three days, you know, with somebody and it was kind of like, so I, and I'm in LA anyway, it just makes, it's just meant to be this, you know, the two days after one event finishes, it's like, it's just meant to happen. So I, I just found a way to make it happen. And, and I remember, um, I remember going there with all these ideas about how it should work. You know, it's got to be like this. And because I'd been at Tony Robbins, it was like 18 hour days, you know, it was kind of like, yeah. and, uh, and he said, Oh, we'll, we'll probably talk from like 10 till five and we'll have some time for lunch and stuff. And I was like, Oh, this is not my money's worth. You know, I want to get my money's worth. And it was kind of like, and, uh, we wrote down all these things on a board, you know, what do you want? I, I, I want to, I can't remember what I said at the time, but I, I want to see why I'm paralyzed from taking action. Um, I want to create more clients for my business and stuff like that. And we wrote it all down and he just ripped it off the board and threw it in the corner. And he said, right, don't worry about that. You know, we'll look at that at the end. And, um, and I read the inside out revolution at the same time, you know, which was the first book I read, I think on the principles. And, um, and like after these three days, it was kind of like, I was just, I came out of there at the end and I, I um, rented this Airbnb and it just looked over a valley, you know, where there was like green fields and trees and it was sunny about 5, 6 p.m. The sun was going down and I sat there and I just had this feeling of like, you know, just wow, everything's so amazing, you know. It's kind of like, how, what changed? You know, I just thought um, nothing's changed, but everything's changed, you know. I just felt so at peace with myself and like realize that all this stuff that I thought I had to get through or how my life was difficult was all just made up by me, you know, in my mind. And it was like, I just had such a beautiful feeling, you know, and I didn't know why, but I just knew that it just felt amazing. I love that so much. Like that, 
that you don't even know. I think there's so much value in that, just that feeling. In that feeling, everything's okay. And and for us to be able to have that feeling of everything being okay and looking around and saying, wait a minute, none of that stuff I thought I needed in order to feel this has happened. I mean, your life on the outside looked exactly like it had before that morning, you know? And I just think that just shows us so much to show it cannot be that we have to tick all those boxes and work through all those issues in order to feel better. It can't be because you've experienced it differently. I have, many people have, you know, and that shows us so much about where that was already, you know, that that health and that that feeling was in you already. Yeah. And it's funny because another thing I thought was like, shit, I spent five years like becoming a certified psychotherapist and I just can't do that anymore. I thought, I, also, yeah. I just can't. It was like, from that moment onwards, it was like, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't ask anyone about their relationship with their mother or, uh, you know, how was their childhood? It was like, it just didn't make sense to me anymore. I just had seen something that was um, so profound, you know, and so different to, to helping people, you know, like having an understanding of how the mind worked just just freed me of stuff that I've been searching for my whole life, you know, to the point where I, I've still to this day, you know, a couple of years later, I've never felt the need to look elsewhere. You know, it's like I've had that contentment, that understanding, that that peace, you know, not always, you know, I had the human experience, but I've always known where to look, you know? Yeah. So how long ago was that when you did the intensive with Michael? When you um, the process? It was the beginning of last year, so not that oh, long. Ago. Okay, yeah. and yeah. then and so that was a huge awakening for you. And then and then, how has it been since then? I mean, have you continued to kind of deepen and see more, or how has that been? Yeah, um, it just it just made so much sense to me. I just done everything principles related since then. Going to the conference, uh, I'm I'm almost at the end of Super Coach Academy, you know now. So I've been deepening my understanding in that. And all my coaching is is CP now. You know, I don't, I don't. That's how I look. And Supercoach has been really great in sort of helping me see, you know, how to work with others from this understanding, you know, in a better way. And and my life has just changed unrecognizably. You know, just so I've moved away from twelve step recovery. I found that difficult um, because. You know, I understand with addiction that, like, you know, I understand that it's not a disease. I understand that it's just a, a you know, a belief of our thoughts that creates the, you know, the cravings and stuff. And, and you know, I, I'm 25 years, you know, abstinent, you know, like from, from drugs and alcohol um, this year. And it's like, and I support a lot of people as well, you know, and, and I still can, it's funny, the thing that... um that happened, you know, is like the people that I support, they're all like benefiting from this, like that, but I haven't told them. I haven't said anything, you know, it's kind of like, I haven't said, oh, I'm not 12 step anymore. I'm three principles. It's kind of like, it just, it just flows through me, you know, and it's kind of like, I can see people sending me messages. You know, one of my, um, the people that I work with sent me a message the other day about, oh, it's not the problem that I'm thinking about that's the problem. It's the fact that I'm thinking about the problem, you know, is, is the problem. And I was like, wow, where did that come from? You know, it's kind of like, yeah. you know, so, so it's, you can see the indirect effect it's having, you know, on people around me as well. That's so beautiful. And you, you t- so you talk like that without even recognizing it because it's just how you see things now. And yeah. which I love for people to hear too, because people always want to know, well, how do I share this and what do I do? And 
am I, am I this or am I that? You know, you don't even have to have those conversations. Who cares if you're 12 steps or three principles? Who cares? I mean, those are just labels. It's like, it's in how you see things and how you see the people you're working with, you know? And it sounds like you, you just talk this way and then you see their health probably in a way that back when you were doing other things, maybe you wouldn't have seen. Yeah. Um, so, Sid, uh, in the Enlightened Gardener, you know, he took the, the two people that um, they talked to, the two psychologists, you know, they said like what a profound effect it had on their clients, but they still didn't understand it. And they're still saying, well, what is this again? What's mind again? What's thought again? What's consciousness again? But they didn't see that already it was having a massive impact on the people that they were working with. And, I, yeah. and it, just, it just stood out to me, you know, how like that's happening around me, you know, all, all around me, you know. Yeah. That's amazing, Jason. And I just, it's so interesting. I mean, just talking with you and it's only, like you said, it's only been a little over a year or something. Um, and you're just the picture of health, you know, like you've, you don't weigh 350 pounds right now, I can see. <laughs> and, you know, so it's like so much is, it feels like, and I can't believe, you know, when you were young and people said, oh, he's slow when he has these issues. And it's so fascinating to see that. And I think just so huge for people to hear this, that we can give labels to things, but it's a, it's a momentary, I mean, you were a little kid, didn't know what to do with your feelings. And here you were given all these labels. And then through your life, you were given all these, he's an addict, he's this, he's that. But none of that had any staying power. You know, I mean, you just saw some things about how life works and all of those things are now different <laughs> in really significant ways, I think, which is just so huge for us to see. Yeah, I think like there's like people don't really know where to look, do they? You know, in general, like they just think, you know, wherever, whatever they've been exposed to, you know, oh, I've heard therapy is good for people who struggle or send them to psychiatric services or put them into an institution or what, depending on the severity, you know, it's kind of like people just don't know what to do with it, you know, and it's kind of like, and then you end up going through all those channels, you know, like getting labeled, given medication, um, you know, given long-term health diagnoses and stuff, you know, that are just all made up by, by the medical profession, you know, in order to serve them, you know, in order for them to be able to give you medication or treat you in the way that they see is the right way to do it. You know, like none of them just sat and saw the innate health within me you know it's kind of like they were all like looking for what was wrong with me and um i don't know if it was in the enlightened garden or, or i think it was actually where they said um you know we learned about mental illness we never learned about mental health yeah. you know and like none of them learned about how to be happy you know it was just all about what was wrong with everyone and i thought yeah that's so true you know it really stuck out for me and your story is so full of of mental health because i mean here you're a little kid had this huge shocking experience in your family. You didn't know what the heck to do with that. And so you learned to eat that, yeah. you know, you, you, you reached for whatever brought you comfort. And then that just, we had to up the ante over the years because the, the pain kept building. And so the comfort measures had to keep building in order to help you feel better. But there's such wisdom in that. You didn't know any better, you know, you hadn't seen any different. And so I just love hearing that too. Here's a, a kid and this is happening all over the place and we label people by their coping mechanisms or their things and they look like they're your problem. They're not. They're your wisdom just trying to help you get through the best way that you can see to get through. And then look, again, like all you need is a, a little bit of pointing in a different direction toward your health, toward what's possible. And look how quickly that 
took root within you, <laughs> you know, which again is just more evidence, I think, that yeah, like it, it's there all the time and everyone. We just have to be pointed there and see it. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's, it's strange that you see it that way, you know, not strange, but like it's great that you see it that way because I hadn't even looked at it that way myself, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, those were, it makes complete sense, you know, how like you just, you know, wisdom just helps you search for something that's going to relieve you from the experience that you're having, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I love, it's going to be so helpful for people and I really love hearing um, these big change stories, but just like what you've seen along the way, it's, it's awesome. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. This is the week that Little School of Big Change opens for new students. You might know that I only open the school twice a year. It's just, I give my whole heart and soul to the students that are in there. It's a lot of work. It's so worth it. I love it. But I do it twice a year for that reason. So this is one of those times. Again, today, if you're listening to this, today is Monday, March 11th. The school's open for registration for new students until Thursday at midnight Eastern time, March 14th. So the Little School of Big Change is a six-week course that shares this new paradigm. It's highly supportive, highly interactive, where I'm there guiding you through an understanding of this new paradigm with an eye on you finding your own freedom. So people come to the school and find freedom from things like habits, addictions, anxiety, stuckness in so many different places in life. And they often come away saying, okay, that thing I came in for is a lot better, but man, that wasn't even the best of it. Like I saw things and woke up to things that I didn't even know that I wanted. I didn't even know that I was asleep to. And that is not about me. It's not about the school, although the school is an incredible community and format. It's really about the power of this understanding and this new paradigm that when we see more about how we already always work, everything gets better. So I would love to have you in the Little School of Big Change six-week course. We have twice weekly calls. There's a support forum. There's an incredible community of people from 30 plus countries and growing all around the world. And it's just a really wonderful place. If you're curious about the school, there are a few things you can do. If you go to the littleschoolbigchange.com, that's where you can join if you already know. But on that page, um, there's also stories and testimonials and you'll just see people who have been through the school before you sharing their honest experiences of what they've seen and how it's gone. I have something called um, the Change That Sticks video series and you can find that at thechangeseries.com. It's a great introduction to the school. I really highly recommend watching those videos. The only thing I'll say is hurry because there's you know quite a bit of, of video content there. And again, if you're listening to this when it comes out or shortly thereafter, there's not a lot of time for this time around. So please let me know if you have any questions. I would absolutely love to share this new paradigm with you in a personal, deep way through the Little School of Big Change. 